The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. I'm Jane Dutton. I'm standing in for Mandy Wiener. And after 23 hours, I've been stuck at Warsaw Airport. They are off. The journalists and security detail have just been allowed to leave. They've been stuck there since one o'clock. They were supposed to accompany the president to Kiev in Ukraine on his peace mission. The president is there now, and we are hearing that air raid sirens are going off right now. What a day of high drama. We'll give you a timeline, find out what it means for us, where we just disorganized. Becky clearly seems to think so. Just remember, seven African leaders are traveling to Ukraine and Russia on a peace mission. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. We're also talking about the extreme weather in the Western Cape. We've seen rivers burst their banks, homes flooded. What is the situation now? And the Gauteng Premier is promising jobs. He's going to hand out 8,000 new jobs today. So how do you get your hands on one of those? And Metropolitan is partnering with Uber to get the youth get up for success. All of that coming up in the next hour. Cape Talk. Call 021-446-0567. So have we seen deliberate sabotage of the president's trip to Kiev? The Presidential Protection Services head believes that is what's happening. Journalists and those meant to provide security to the president have been stuck on a plane for 23 hours. They have now just taken off. So what is the end game here? Seven African heads of state on a peace mission to Russia and Ukraine. The question is, what is the strategic thrust of this intervention? Or is it just a photo op which seems to be going horribly wrong? Are we being punished for our support of Russia? I'd love to get your thoughts on this. For the 702 listeners, it's 072-702-1702. And for Cape Talk, 072-567-1567. How do you think we should play this? I'm going to take you back a little bit. Our eyewitness news reporter, Lindsay Dendlinger, was on that plane and she was talking when it was still stuck on the tarmac. This is what she said. It's shortly before midnight here at the Warsaw uh, Airport in Poland. This SAA chartered plane has been on this runway since just after one o'clock this afternoon. It's carrying a number of security personnel and uh, a crew of journalists who were meant to accompany President Cyril Ramaphosa to the Ukraine and Russia, where he is currently uh, alongside five other heads of state uh, to um, go through some peace talks uh, with the leaders of both those countries. But as you can see here behind me, several containers carrying weapons uh, and other materials required by the police services are being held by Polish authorities, refusing to accept the paperwork to allow this shipment, these containers, uh, to travel onwards with security personnel who are on this plane. Yes, sir. One tonight, before I was getting here, she was stood upset. It never happened that we have stood upset anyone with a diplomatic passport just to get us out of here. Right? Now, they say um, we don't have permits. We have permits. The only difference is now they say we can't bring a copy of a permit. We must bring the original. Now, some of us have, have original permits. Right, the embassy um, here, 
printed permits because I thought it's not necessary to, to have um, the originals here. Right? Now, all of a sudden, we must have originals. They are delaying us, right? They're putting out the life of our president uh, in jeopardy because we could have been in Kiev um, this afternoon already. Right now, an impasse as to what will happen uh, here this evening and whether this aircraft will have to turn around back to South Africa with all the personnel and the weaponry on board that was meant to protect the South African delegation during this peace mission to Ukraine and Russia. Reporting from Warsaw, Poland, I'm Lindsay Denklinger. Well, I'm happy to say on their behalf and ours so we can get some resolution. They didn't have to turn back. They are now off on their way to another airport in Poland, Zhezhov, and there they shall head off to accompany the president as he then makes his way to Russia. We are hearing that air sirens are going off in Kiev in Ukraine where the president is. Now, this entire trip has been uh, marred by challenges, technical, red tape. Um, you know, the plane was going to take off, then it wasn't going to take off. When we finally managed to get off, we failed to even get clearance over Italian airspace. Police Minister Becky Kele was telling Newsroom Africa's Tolim Gambi that South Africa should have done things properly. President's safety is being put at risk by the Ukrainians and even going as far as to intimate that there might be racism involved here. Are you saying that the head of security of the president is being overly concerned here? I didn't hear him. I don't know why you would say by Ukrainians because they are not. In, in, in I'm Ukrainian sorry, by state. Polish, by the Polish police. Yes, yes, yes. Ukrainian police uh, are highly cooperative on the matter that put the the facts on you that they are jointly with our our protect, protectors around the president, which is international norm wherever they go it would be the combination of that country and the visiting country working together what happened i can't comment on what happened uh, in warsaw uh, what, what was an exchange but I'm, I'm told that there was some form of confrontation uh, i i heard even from the minister i tried to speak and i've spoken thrice already since this uh, uh, this morning with Wally the head, uh, I, I asked him, about, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to have, uh, though he said, it doesn't seem uh, that is, is on his mind. Whatever was the, in English that they called uh, the, that, that, the, uh, that, that moment what happened, and that's not the thing that we can stick on. For instance, I know for sure that the problem they're facing is a genuine problem. Uh, I, I, I had, uh, I, I didn't hear your, your, your interview before, but I heard that the, the, there is a, uh, people are looking to say is the standing of South Africa's water down. It can't be true. It, there are laws of any given country. Here, we have, <laughs> maybe in a more, in a more subtle way, we have stopped the heads of states coming in our country because the laws are not subscribed to. And I would not be surprised. What I would have said is that our guys should have done things properly. For instance, I asked, why did we send 
the copies instead of sending uh, the the the, the original copies. Officially told that and wrote those original copies from from embassy to airport. And I hope once that happens, matters will be resolved. Gosh, so. Is it up to us? Were we at fault here? I mean, our journalist, Lindsay Dentlinger, was telling me a couple of days before she left that it's been a Sisyphean task to even take off. Now, it seems that we didn't even get our permits sorted. You would think that that would be top of the list as we head off on this important peace mission. Let's listen to Vincent Maguena, the president's spokesperson, confirming that the president has landed safely in Kiev and assures us that he is safe. This is Vincent Makwanya, the president's spokesperson. Uh, this is just a note to say the president arrived in Kiev safely by train, along with other heads of state and government who are part of the African leaders' peace mission to Ukraine and Russia. I would like to assure all South Africans that there has been no compromise whatsoever to the president's safety as a result of uh, the impasse that involved the charter flight um, with the Presidential Protection Services team and the media. We acknowledge the regrettable nature of that incident. Our officials are engaging with their Polish counterparts to resolve uh, the impasse so that uh, the PPS team as well as the media can proceed with their journey as planned as well as be able to cover at least the Russian leg of the peace talks, uh, as well as of 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 the trip, uh, we deeply are deeply disturbed by the experience they've gone through, and we are engaging our Polish counterparts to see to it that that situation is resolved. Thank you. That's the president's spokesperson speaking on 702 a little bit earlier on. It would be good to get hold of him or somewhere lined with the president who's there now in Kiev to tell us what they're hearing about the air sirens uh, that have been going off in the last hour. Let's bring in Tembisa Fakuda, Senior Research Fellow and Director Afra Sid. And before I talk to you, Tembisa, just uh, to remind the listeners that I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. What do you think is going on? What do you think we should be doing? Should we retaliate? Are we in any position to do that? 0727021702, the Cape Talk number is 0725671567. Tim. Good afternoon to you, Tembisa. Good to have you with us. Hello, Tembisa. Can you hear me? Yes, thanks for having me. Tembisa, what is going on here? Let's firstly talk about what, and ha what happened in Poland. I mean, is this a case of if you play against the big boys, this is what's going to happen? Are we being punished or is it just an utter bureaucratic bungle? Well, I listened to what uh, Minister Degekele said uh, in terms of our security personnel taking copies of the original documents with them and expecting to enter the country. That, first of all, is a problem. And mm -hmm. I'm glad that it was highlighted by the, by the minister. But uh, you and I, Jane, has, has, have done this business in the past of covering uh, wars and international uh, events such as this one. You really need to prepare yourself. Uh, by and large, you are importing 
uh, equipment into another country, amongst other things. Uh, and you need to fill in and understand the completion of these um, of these documents. Um, and we've had instances in the past where people go in unprepared and they have to be turned back, not because the countries are not willing to accept uh, journalists and security personnel into the country, but most of the time these people find themselves totally ill-prepared. I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense that you'll find that Western journalists are the first to arrive at any of these events. How do they get in? Uh, we are facilitated by the government and we have the assistance of the government, but we still stuck for 23 hours on the plane, including journalists who are supposed to know better in terms of how to enter the war zones and how to enter these countries. That, I mean, I don't blame journalists. They probably um, relied totally and completely on the South African government to assist them into entering uh, Ukraine, but uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. But I don't think it's a uh, it's 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 a fault of Ukrainians, no Polish. Uh, by and large, you'll find that after the investigations, that it was indeed our fault. We were ill prepared, and I'm glad that the the, the ministers uh, considered at least the first part of it. Because the president did pay a courtesy call to his counterpart, the Polish president, there, and I'm just wondering what the conversation was. I mean, many people on the plane were saying that they've never experienced anything like this. The way that they, they were treated was was unprecedented. I mean, do you think the Polish president, in the back of his mind, was uh, satisfied about what was happening? I mean, considering that here you have somebody on your on your land, a, a country that has been invaded, who is uh, befriending uh, an invader? Well, the first, first of all, you have this both president accepting and uh, who have welcomed the president to visit both Ukraine and, and, and Russia. So that's that that's that, that's confirmed. We we saw the the friendship between uh, the two presidents yesterday um, after meeting uh, in in, uh, in in Poland. But uh, what has happened to the security apparatus and the journalists is really surprising because you would have expected that uh, following the meeting with the president, they know exactly what the mission is. And they would have just accepted the, I mean, the, the entourage to enter Ukraine. But uh, here we are, uh, 25 hours later, they're on the move and hopefully they will go into Ukraine without any difficulties uh, henceforth. Tembisa Fakuda, let's leave it there. Senior Research Fellow and Director of AFRICID. Thank you very much for that. The Midday Report. Well, I'm sure if you're not in the Western Cape, obviously, that uh, you've seen images of the devastation caused by the storms and the rain dumps there. Let's bring in Western Cape Head of Disaster Management, Colin Diner, to tell us more about what's happening. Good afternoon, Colin. What is the situation at the moment? Hi, good afternoon, Jen. Um, yes, we're in a bit of a critical situation, uh, which is sort of just beginning to occur, and that is that a lot of water is being released out of uh, a couple of dams, specifically Clan William Dam. Um, so we, we are in the process of putting a warning out for people not to cross any bridges whatsoever. Um, the, the situation we've got is a lot of water coming down, a lot of flash flooding that could take place. And, you know, you could be crossing a bridge when this happens. So um, we, we, we need to prepare for the, the third cold front that's coming through this afternoon or mm. actually later this evening. So um, there's a lot of work being done. Our biggest challenge at the moment is on the West Coast. And, what are you seeing uh, there? Pretty much. Well, we, what we've seen is a lot of water come down into the dams. So uh, rivers are flowing, you know, beyond their capacity. And so specifically in places like Friedendal, Clava, um, you know, places in those areas, then um, citrus bowl is still cut off. Um, 
and uh, uh, Vipital is cut off. So, you know, we're looking at contingencies to be able to assist those people. Um, we are going to launch an operation tomorrow. We obviously just have to see what the weather is going to do tonight. How, how do you get to... into those two towns that have been cut off? I mean, what is the situation yeah. there and the needs? Okay, so we've, look, I mean, the big need would obviously be assisting with, with uh, humanitarian aid. So uh, we did fly somebody out who was injured yesterday when we had a window um, to get people out. Um, that, uh, that person was evacuated by our emergency medical services. We have got an, uh, the Air Force is assisting us with aerial support that's on its way. So uh, at, you know, the opportunities we get when we get the ceiling to be able to fly tomorrow, we will be working with uh, NGOs like Esther to give us to, to move in um, humanitarian aid to those people. So that's the big challenge uh, that we have at the moment. And with the cold front, as you mentioned, heading its way, I mean, obviously that's going to exacerbate the, the situation. How prepared are you for that? Yeah, well, I think, you know, everything that we're doing now by, by repositioning resources, by fixing roads, because, uh, you know, everybody's on the uh, repairing roads at the moment um, from from uh, our public works uh, and our infrastructure units. Um, and then also, you know, releasing water through the Department of, of Water and Sanitation, um, getting all those dams sort of prepared and rivers prepared. So all the work we're doing now is preparing for it. Hmm. Obviously, there's been a lot of saturation, so that's really the challenge that, we, that we're going to have to face. Yes, I was actually going to ask you about that. I mean, with the amount of rain that, that we've seen and the, the homes that have been damaged and the saturated ground that you mentioned, uh, it's going to get a lot worse, isn't it, for, for those who are in particularly informal settlements? Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's really where the big challenge is now, is to make sure that, you know, we're reaching those people and that uh, we're able to move as many people as we can uh, and protect as many people as we can. So, um, there's a lot, as I said, there's a lot of work happening right now just to, to do that. Obviously, the, the rain that's coming, the, the report that we received is that it would not be as much as we got last week, but we are upgrading it to a severe storm specifically because of the saturation, and we'll prepare for that. Mm. Can you guesstimate how many people are affected? I wouldn't be able to tell you right now. It's, it's such a large area. I mean, it's from the, really the northern part of the province all the way through um, the city, etc. So it's, it's several thousand, but I, I don't have a number right now. All right, Colin Diner, very good to talk to you. Best of luck in this difficult and dangerous time in the Western Cape. Western Cape, Head of Disaster Management. The Midday Report. We dipped in a little earlier on, listening to the Deputy President Paul Mashatile leading the way at the National Youth Day commemoration in Mangaun. Ndaedzo Letonze is our reporter. He's been listening in. A good afternoon to you. He actually wasn't there, was he? What happened? Yeah, good afternoon, uh, Jane. So, uh, what happened? Uh, Mangaun, we've been here as eyewitnesses for the past three days now, and the weather has been very cold but this morning it was foggy and misty and um, we hear that uh, as he was about to land this plane could not land because of those uh, foggy uh, weather conditions and the plane had to turn back to counting because of that and uh, that's why we had him deliver this 
uh, keynote address virtually. Okay. All right. So nothing suspicious there, just just bad weather affecting his planes. I mean, it seems in, when it comes to high commands and planes at the moment, we're, we're not going through a very good stage, are we? And I'm referring to the president and his peace mission. Tell us what the deputy president had to say. Look, uh, no surprises in his speech and also uh, the theme here. Uh, the focus was always going to be how do you get economic participation of the youth? Uh, the youth forms the majority of uh, the country's population. It also forms the majority of the country's unemployment numbers. And uh, what he came out with was some of government's plans uh, in creating uh, youth employment uh, for young people. But beyond that, he also called on various sectors of uh, society to do their part, saying that government will not be able to do this alone and uh, they would need some form of public partner, private partnership in order to uh, create jobs for the youth. Mm. And tell us about the event celebrating the Netball World Cup Series. Yeah, so right now, just uh, uh, as I was about to go on air with you, uh, we saw the uh, Netball the Netball. Uh, cup uh, being paraded here and uh, that's exactly what's happening here, uh, just showcasing uh, and wishing the uh, the South African netball team that will be participating in the Netball Cup World Cup uh, sometime uh, later this year. Alright, let's leave it there and Dayezo, thank you. The Midday Report it's all about jobs for the youth today. It seems the deputy president leading the National Youth Day, the theme accelerating youth economic emancipation for a sustainable future. The Gauteng Premier has promised 8,000 new jobs on Youth Day. Let's bring in Vuyo Mhaga. He's the Premier Panyaza Lesufi's spokesperson. A very good afternoon to you. Tell us about this promise of 8,000 jobs. Hi, how are you? Fine, and you? Go ahead, for you. So, so, yes, sorry, man, I could not hear you. There was a bit of noise. I was booking away from you. No problem. Can you please come again? Uh, just tell us about this offering of 8,000 jobs today. No, no, no thank you very much. Uh, you'll remember one of the views uh, the Premier actually shared with the executives is that let's not have rallies and speeches. Let's really give something meaningful on this historical day. And then we then identified that one of the things that can be lasting and that South Africans really are in need of is to really to gain a meaningful employment. So basically, Premier then instructed all the HODs to say, no, but they are funded posts, but those posts are not uh, occupied. Can you make sure that you clean your data and then let's make sure that people are actually um, employed in those areas? Also, to assist us with the service delivery, because you'll know that the complexity of housing um, is quite a problem. So that's really why uh, the Premier has actually decided to do what he has done and run all his executives. Okay, and obviously launched today because the focus is on youth and uh, they are essential to getting this country up and running. We've got a 63% youth unemployment rate. How do people apply? Well, uh, people can do two things. Uh, others are on site. We've got about 22 sites. Uh, just uh, for those who cannot have an access to the internet, uh, can actually uh, come to those sites and apply. But the opening is from the 16th of June, which is today, up until the 14th of July. Uh, so people must continue to basically apply. Or else you can just in the comfort of your home, uh, go to professionaljobcenter.gpg.gov.za or jobs.houting.com. Um,
www.gov.za. So you can then do that and basically do apply uh, to do that. So it's basically an, it's an online application where you just put your CV and you put your ZED3 and then it will actually generate you the, uh, the reference number that you can actually use to check which stage is your application at. Okay, and I believe that you're also warning people of possible scams. Tell us what people should be concerned about. No, no, there will be people who then say, you know, um, give me money, I'll organize you something and all mm. that. And we have then say, no, this thing is for free. Um, it's for ordinary people who are really in desperate need of jobs. As you have actually correctly said that out of the people who are unemployed, 63% of those happen to be young people. And of course, they will obviously be vulnerable with these scams. And we've been trying to speak to young people to say, just go to your nearest library because we do speak to the libraries in Gauteng uh, to make sure that you do that if you don't have internet. Or uh, you go to the Department of Labor Centers, which they were so gracious to open their, their centers around Gauteng to actually accept young people to basically come in. And we are thankful to Voracom and other and MTN to really zero rate, uh, you know, for this day when you're actually going to do the application so that as many people can really try their luck and then make sure that they do access these other opportunities. Mm. I know that uh, people were quite sceptical about uh, this project, the Nasi Ispani project, which has seen young people employed as crime prevention wardens, but it seems to be working at this stage. Is this something that you're going to keep doing if it continues to be a success? No, no, we are going to be doing it actually almost um, throughout uh, the year up until uh, sometime, the, you know, mid-late next year. Because yeah, some of the issues are real issues. So because the issues that if you then ask people of Gauteng, what is your problem? They say, my problem is job, my problem is crime. Now then we start to have a problem with portals. In July, I can tell you now, we will be actually rolling out a program that must respond to the portal problems in Gauteng to make sure that you minimize, you know, the, the expense to those who really want to do business and to those who really want to continue with their life. So these are the areas that people genuinely say this is their problem. If you go to the townships in Gauteng, they're extremely dirty. That's why the premier says you can't invite people in your areas to say come and visit our areas as tourism sites if they are dirty as the way they were. So that's why we then, uh, last month, we then had what we call the Green Army to make sure that they clean our townships so that they become attractive and they have become the areas that people can be proud of. Okay, for you, I'm going to let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. Good to talk to you. Thank you. The Midday Report. So the DA leader, John Steenhuizen, is leading commemorations in the Eastern Cape. He's talking now. Let's have a listen. To the cabinet. He was sitting as the chairman of the Cater Deployment Committee, sending the Molefes, the Kokos, the Guptas, and everybody else he could get an opportunity to send so that they could not serve the people, but to serve the ANC. And those minutes are going to show us, they're going to show us the skeleton that is now sitting in the union buildings. And so, I invite each and every young person to join the DA over the next 15 months in the streets, in the town halls, in our communities, in every kasi, in every city hall, in every business around the country to drive the message of change. And you'll see that hashtag there. I want everyone to look at it. It says, hashtag power to the registered. Now that's not an exclusionary thing. It's simply saying this, that change doesn't happen on its own. That change isn't gonna fall from the sky. 
and change is not going to happen under the ANC by osmosis. The only way we're going to get change in South Africa is if we go out and vote for that change. And you cannot vote if you are not registered. So check your registration status. Check .da.org.za. Let's say it out again. Check .da.org.za. Go and check your registration status because there's no use complaining if you're not voting. And if you're one of those 13 million young people who's sitting at home saying, I'm not interested in politics, let me tell you this, politics is very, very interested in you. Because if politics can reach into your home, reach into your business, reach into your workplace, reach into your hustle and switch off your lights, I promise you it's coming for your water, it's coming for your sewerage, it's coming for your job and it's coming for everything else. So don't say you're not interested, it's time to get interested. Your country needs you. If you're not registered, you're not part of the solution. So we call on you young people, your time is now. Your time is, your 1976 moment is now. And you're never gonna get another chance like this. Because if these guys get away with one more election, with one more majority, there's going to be nothing left in 2029. So don't think I'm waiting for a better tomorrow. Act now. If you don't act now, there will not be another chance. So let's get out there. Check .da.org.za and let's give power to the registered. It's Oh, that was the DA leader there, John Stenezing, having a good old rant talking about the skillem in the union buildings and calling on the youth to join the DA in 15, over 15 months to drive the message home. He says there's no use complaining if you are not voting. Makes a good point there. Everybody's got to get out and vote. Let's bring in our reporter, Nokukanyo Ntambo, who's been listening into this and listening into what the other political parties have been saying on this day. Nokukanyo, what have you heard? Good afternoon, Jane. You've quite rightly pointed out that the DA leader, John Stienhazen, has used this opportunity to drive the youth towards the polls next year, saying if they do want a regime change, which is what he says South Africa needs at the moment, then they certainly need to be using that opportunity in 2024 to do exactly what the youth of 1976 did in fighting for um, freedom and fighting for a fair opportunity across all races. And he said that, uh, in, in simple terms, the ANC has in fact betrayed the youth of 1976 because they haven't upheld their end of the bargain of providing those opportunities, of providing job opportunities, uh, equality, um, you know, opportunities to, to the economy, education, quality education, Jane. Uh, and so uh, that's why he, in that message, and uh, that clip that you played for the listeners, he was pushing them towards um, the, the, the polls in 2024. And so the other leaders, the other DA youth leaders, have shared those sentiments, Jane, simply saying, that the ANC hasn't been the administration that South Africans need or deserve. Um, in fact, even calling a couple of the other political parties ANC light. Um, they, they, I think the Al Jamaa, the Patriotic Alliance, the EFF, um, you know, the DA claims that all these three parties, among the other uh, parties on the electorate, 
are still ANC aligned. And so they don't either provide the, um, you know, relief that South Africans, particularly the disgruntled youth, need at uh, the moment, Jane. And did the message work? Well, look, I think the reception that uh, the, 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 the DA leader got from the room was certainly electric, but we, we wouldn't expect anything less. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, whether or not it works uh, remains to be seen. I think it's something that we'll see perhaps next year when we do take to the polls. I mean, he used the example of the previous polls, um, you know, as an indictment on the ANC government saying that the youth of South Africa didn't turn out because they don't, in fact, have any confidence in the ANC administration. And so that's why they, they, they sat out of those polls. But Jane, whether or not uh, the message the messages got through to South African youth remains to be seen. And again, it's something that I think we might have to wait a couple more months to see. I suspect you're right, Nokokanya. Thank you. The Midday Report. We're going to be talking more about youth employment and how to get that figure of 63% unemployed down. Let's bring in youth employment portfolio head for Momentum Metropolitan, Lokisinati Maslangu. Very good to have you with us this afternoon. Tell us about your partnership with Uber. Thank you very much, Shane, and uh, greetings to the Salinocho listeners. We as Metropolitan are very excited about the partnership we have established with Uber. And this is part of our Match for Youth campaign, where we're giving a 1,300 Uber vouchers to young job seekers, those who are ready to go for their job interview. We are also, you know, helping them to say, don't worry about the commuting costs, but we're helping them to show up and also, you know, put their best foot forward. As you know, that times are difficult for young South Africans economically and socioeconomically as well. Mm. Why did you identify transport as being a key factor in cracking this unemployment issue we have? Yeah, well, now since we've embarked on this campaign last year, we have uh, discovered that commuting from home to the places where economic uh, activity opportunities are being, uh, you know, accessed, it becomes a challenge when you're coming from, uh, you know, disadvantaged uh, areas where public transport systems in the country are not up to scratch. And we would like young people to, you know, uh, show up adequately and so that they don't have to worry about being there on time or finding the exact location of where the interview is. And uh, the partnership with Uber helps us to pick them up from home and drop them off to the exact location where they are going to, you know, to access those opportunities. So transport seems to be an ongoing challenge amongst others, uh, but this partnership, uh, this partnership helps us to bridge that particular gap. And how do you identify those 1,300 candidates? We have gone on a uh, national, uh, nationwide campaign in areas where Uber is in operation. So what we did as Metropolitan is that when we started with the 500 vouchers last year, we have seen that there is a greater need. And uh, on the system that we have put in place, there are uh, validating uh, you know, mechanisms where uh, participants or young applicants can access our social media platforms. There is a form that they will have to populate. The form will also help us verify the authenticity of the, applica- of the application. And this is also made easier to be user-friendly in such a way that it makes it easier for the participants to populate their information and also uh, uh, send through their confirmation. Okay. And uh, this is being filtered through to the metropolitan team that will be allocating those worthy vouchers. Well, it sounds like a lovely lovely collaboration. Nokis- Nok- 
Noxi Sinati, Mashlangu, thank you very much. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.